Hello. Hey there. Hi. I, we oh, pause. am I supposed to say hi now? I, I mean, if you want to. I mean, I, I don't know how else to introduce you. I don't want to tell you what to do. You know? <laughs> do I, do I yeah, speak? We, uh, do, do I speak? We have a, we have a, a special guest this week because we were all in a Discord channel together. <laughs> yep. I'm sorry for putting you on the spot, but we have uh, Josh Boykin from Intelligame uh, with us today. Hello. <laughs> I, I feel so incredibly uh, put under pressure right now. I, <laughs> Thanks for having no an open Saturday morning. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, this is our flavor of gotcha journalism is by suddenly asking <laughs> if you want to be on the episode. <laughs> this is actually an intervention. Oh, gosh. Josh for me? For Dustin. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh. What did I do? What? <laughs> we were going to have you just, like, eat a bunch of hot wings and then ask you questions, but that idea was already taken, so. Ah, uh, that's fair. You know, but, I, I guess the question is, who would have thought everybody? <laughs> not me. Not but not me. Did, do you have a steak ready to be cooked? Because we're about to raise the steaks here. <laughs> is that what we're doing today? <laughs> well, it's been good. I'm telling out you, that's a cool idea. Have a great rest of your podcast. <laughs> Thank you for swinging by. Uh, it was lovely to chat with you. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm telling you, if we had a gotcha journalism and it was called Raise the Steaks, but we had the guests eat a steak with us while asking them those targeting questions, winner. See. I feel like if you were going to create a podcast called Raise the Stakes, like you would have to have it about like raising cows. And so you would bring in these guests and be like, hey, I want you to like have this discussion while we like hang out with this baby calf. And you have to invite them back like years later and be like, see, this is the decision you made because we raised raised the stakes. I like where your head's at. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be the most depressing second two-part series. <laughs> there's, there's one episode every four years. Josh, <laughs> one of those questions like, we asked you, well, based on the algorithm that you answered, uh, the cow died, and here it is in front of you. Yeah, I feel like that would probably make a lot of vegetarians. Like, Very <laughs> a upset. Vegetarians, a lot of vegans. Uh, well, it's like, it, it's, it's one of those things where I feel like the more I learn about like how food is made and where it comes from, like it not in like the local person who like raised a, you know, raised a thing or like you look at native folks who have these like practices that they've used about, you know, interacting and being part of nature and that kind of thing. But like the big factory farms that like mm-hmm. the, the not to. And, and keep in mind, like, I'm still an omnivore, so I'm not, uh, this is not my holier-than-thou vegan discussion. Well, we recognize but, our hypocrisy, so yeah. it's yes. okay. <laughs> um, But I also, there's also this part of me that, like, I just imagine, like, okay, how many eggs are in my local grocery store? And how many chickens had to lay that many eggs? Probably some number close to the number of eggs. I, I don't know. And then you, like, multiply that by all the grocery stores and i'm like where yeah. do all these chickens come from and i probably don't want to know i just think i uh, thought about bacon once and then i decided to stop that thought process because i <laughs> love bacon and i didn't want to stop eating it yeah um, I, now that i've had this discussion i'm gonna go upstairs and be like oh these eggs all, <laughs> all of this to say uh i do have it's celery like three steaks defrosted in my refrigerator right now mm. <laughs> Think about all the, know, think about ready all for the second part of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'll go cook it real quick, and then we'll we'll have the actual discussion. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be like twenty minutes. This is all going to be on the cutting room floor, team. This is all. <laughs> oh no, this is all staying. <laughs> this is all staying in. <laughs> this is my edit. 
Uh, edit in quotes. You're like, this is my edit. Uh, it will go live on time, but like, <laughs> everything's this, here. This episode's going up on my birthday, and I'm editing. I feel like it's a little special. Happy birthday. Kumbaya-ish. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Happy um, birthday. Turn in the big 34. Yep. Welcome. Yeah, I know. I, I Based yeah. on what I've seen from all of you uh, and my wife, I think I'd rather be dead. So. <laughs> your wife is like no nah, you don't get off that easy like, yeah, no, right. yeah so she's preventing everything unfortunately but just one step closer no that's why we have steaks because on the day before my birthday is my dog rizzo's birthday and he gets a steak every year so he'll be, he'll be happy sharing birthday celebrations with your uh with your pups yeah. it's never never a bad thing no part of the reason why i was okay with getting them I'm like i was named after one of my favorite baseball players and one of your favorite birthday players mine. yeah yankee sorry yankee i don't want to talk about it uh, right now we don't have to <laughs> <laughs> it's okay please no. be okay please no uh, anyway I mean, I was going to go to a Cubs game on my birthday, but that that, that went out the window. Yeah, we we I was going to say we had talked about that a while ago, and then I was like, as as they started to trade away players, I was like, maybe we just don't this year. I don't think this is the year. For that. <laughs> you want to go see Patrick Wisdom play? Kind of, actually. Like I want to see that mustache. Ugh, glorious. Wish I could grow that. Are we talking about Arthur Morgan? Adams? Oh boy! Talk about a glorious mustache. I don't know if you've been able to pop by any of the Thursdays I stream, Josh, for a uh, little bit, a little bit playing Red Dead 2. And unfortunately, i never got to level 10 stash, a, but I, I do have <laughs> probably my favorite mustache in any game ever. I want you to know, Adam, that I have not shaved my, my character's mustache because, as you know, I'm playing it as well in my, mm-hmm. in my spare time. And I've taken a lot of hair tonic, you know, where you didn't until later. It's still it's nine cool. out of ten. It it ta- I know it takes like several days. So it's like it's crazy to me. How and many? Know, well, how many times are you supposed to take the tonic before it'll actually kick you up to oh. the tenth? Once a I day. Really? It's it, like you have to continuously do it for like a week in game. In game, yeah, I think it's something, maybe even longer. I there was a video about it ages ago that I remember when the game came out, and it, it takes a long time. And the fact that I knew it was pretty much at the end of the game, I, I knew I wasn't going to get there. Yeah, you were like, yeah, well, maybe after this mission, maybe I'll see what happens. And I'm like thinking, sitting there going, nope. Well, that, <laughs> literally, I had the same thought in my head. I was like, yeah, we'll see what happens. But I'm pretty sure this is the end of right, the main right. campaign. You, you, should, you should look up a picture of, of him with a 10 out of 10 beard. That is nuts. Oh, he's Grizzly Adams, right? It's crazy. Yeah. And especially if you have that uh, buffalo hat or whatever it is, wolf hat. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> it's great watching you play that, though, man. I gotta say. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're welcome. I would. I would. Well, I, it's just. What it's, else can I say? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like you're getting into it. It's the same thing with like watching Dustin play Wolfenstein. I, I get joy out of watching you guys and friends play games they're into. And get into, especially games that I well, also have been to. I was gonna say that you've already beaten probably right. at this point and enjoyed and told us to play, and we're finally listening. Well, I'm waiting for that Ghost of Shishima playthrough. Uh, 
I don't know if I, I don't I don't know if that's a good game to stream. I streamed it. You did. And it was pretty I had fun. I mean once I got I think, it working. Like you my and first jo- you and Josh was... are the only two people I know who've played it. And Is... I've only played the multiplayer. Why don't you think that would be good for stream? Just the the pacing of it? I, I guess I don't know. Like I don't know how it's any would be any really any different than Red Dead because Red Dead Two or Red Dead Two because right. <laughs> well, it's it's different. It's a different style, of course, and um, you know they're both open world games. Yes, and I think the combat is fun and the stealth that you mm-hmm. do and like the stand the standoff feature is cr- it's crazy fun, you know, and um, and it's like it's it's that's good that you waited to play. You know, not that you're going to play. You know, soon or anything, but like now the director's cut just came out for the PS5, and um, probably wait for a sale. Added more mm-hmm. content, like yeah, I would assume it probably will be on sale this holiday. Um, um, certainly, but man, I had so much fun playing that game. Um, I I I know you very much, and I know it's up my alley too. But I, I don't know why I've been I haven't been like had the urge to just buy a game straight out the gate in a while, with the exception of cyberpunk but that was technically a gift so yeah i think oh yeah i think the the next game i'm buying out the gate is probably far cry 6 and that's only because my brother wants me and my brother are gonna play together well there you go that's all because, you need right there yeah that's good Dust, enough because dustin abandoned me <laughs> to play with his wife so i so i decided to beat far cry 5 again with katie so she, she hadn't is... played it <laughs> Now is the part of the podcast where we let those two argue, Josh, and we'll have our yeah. own separate conversation no, right. over the top of their conversation. No, no, it's when, <laughs> seems reasonable to me. It's when you, when Katie said that you guys are going to play Far Cry 6, and then my heart shattered into a thousand pieces because it's not a player game. That's what Destiny 2 is for. That's what yeah. Destiny is for. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, you're forcing me to play with my brother. I know it's. And he's gonna listen of, to this and hear that and probably yell at It's been <laughs> it's been a meme for I don't know how long now at this point about me and Destiny Two, but I actually did just install it before we started. Today. I'm, I'm happy, like, and I know, like, I I have a hard time admittingly, you know, being harsh on games critically, you know. Um, but Destiny Two did it lost me on when uh, Beyond Light came out. Like, I enjoyed it for the most part when you know the missions and stuff, but. I fell off of it really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and with some of the changes I've been reading about since it came out and, you know, the last season, you know, I, I, I caught up on the story of the last season and I was like, damn, I missed some good shit. There's um, a lot of cutscenes I had to skip through in order to get into the game. <laughs> um, that I will watch later. 30 different like, pop-ups. But I'm excited, you know, because there's a lot of good stuff that they're changing and 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 make they're definitely making it more, you know, back to like RPG elements, you know, and I think they just had to really shake off a lot of the dust that Activision made them. You know, if I get fired, if if I lose my job because of this, I solely blame Josh. Yeah, I probably deserve that. Well, thankfully, because you didn't <laughs> want to come back because me and Dustin wanted to. You only came back. Hell no. Josh well, wanted you know what? Let me go ahead and, and take off real quick. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't jealousy. No, 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 no. It's okay. It's okay, baby. <laughs> um, um, but no, it's, it's fun. I've, I've only been playing Destiny 2 again for like a week and a half, two weeks. And it feels, it does feel really great. 
Yeah, so I've been playing D2 pretty consistently for the past uh, couple seasons. So probably since like November. Oh, wow. Um, Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So uh, my old uh, coworker slash boss, Rowan, um, she got into it and she is like super down for the narrative. So she was just pouring over all this, uh, you know, as much as she could to find recaps of what had happened, say, in the content that's been deprecated. Because um, there mm-hmm. are, for folks who aren't super familiar, Destiny 2 um, is the sequel to a game called Destiny, uh, which Appropriate, like, named. is still technically live. Like, you can still mm-hmm. download and, and, like, go play Destiny. Um, well, I thought about it. Same. But, but even for Destiny 2 they like there was this big sort of like world changing or like world state changing event and it made certain planets vanish from the from the solar system like narratively but from a mechanics perspective that means that all of the missions and all of the content that were attached to those planets also disappeared and so for folks who are just joining the game for the first time and are like, oh, I want to know the story of what happens and like mm-hmm. go from the beginning so that I know what's going on. There's kind of no way to do it, not without watching somebody else's lore video or whatever. And frankly, even even if all the planets were still in play, you'd still probably have no idea what the hell is going on because they for a lot of the game would make it so that like you'd go through and do a mission and then the, the story to find out what actually happened you would have to like find items in game that unlock yep. pieces of lore so that you can read about it on your phone because you can't open them on the game you guys have phones right it was it was dumb it's, it's yeah. yeah it's it's different if you want to get into destiny lore you know it's 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 there it really is if you dive in mm-hmm. and it's great um i I frequent, for. I, I frequent a channel. Is, my name is Bife. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he does a, a really great job at, you know, t- telling the stories, the behind the scenes stuff. And um, and it's funny you say about your friend that does that. I was the same for these guys. Yep. In our gaming group. <laughs> I mean, we'd be like running through stuff and be like, yeah, and then this was like this, and it happened because of this. And, you know. Um, Which, compared to Grimoire cards, that was a much more enjoyable way to digest all the information. <laughs> much, oh, much, yeah. much better. Much better. <laughs> Because it's 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 such a it's so rich in story and background and you know there's just so much that they don't they don't tell you know when you're playing the story and they've gotten loads better with it don't get me wrong they have a lore tab now like yeah you know before you had to like go to the grimoire cards and then like it was crazy you know to have to do that um, it's it's strange to me the like how annoying it was with the grimoire cards considering like I avidly go in deep on like dark souls lore stuff and you have to like find the item and read the piece of flavor text in order to have some maybe some idea of what's actually going on in that game. well and i don't I think, think like like you like the destiny story but i think you are you are like your your dark souls knowledge is like me with destiny probably like you yeah, probably. really get into it and um i and i do get into it as well somewhere like bloodborne i watched the vati videos and you know, I was just curious on like how stuff really happened. Like, why did my character just show up all of a sudden? And what's yeah. with this like crazy baby crying all the time? And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think one of the one of the things that I like about Destiny right now is that it it feels like they've changed their approach to narrative structure. Yeah. So the last couple of seasons, 
Because every season they have a season pass, and seasons last a couple of months, I want to say. A quarter, I'd say, right? Some, yeah, three, yeah. three, four yeah. months. Okay, that's a, okay. Yeah, that's what that sounds right. Yeah. Um, and basically, each season has its own self-contained narrative, and they're actually like doing a really good job of putting that story in like cutscenes and places that even just sort of like a casual player will actually see. And so, like, last season, it was essentially, like, a, kind of a discussion about, like, right-wing extremism, like, nationalism, and there was, like, you start the game essentially with dealing with a sort of, like, refugee crisis, one of the, a faction of one of the alien races that you've spent the entirety of Destiny and Destiny 2 decimating, um, becomes <laughs> key to you, like, dealing with this, um, this assault on the last human city. And okay. so you get to know this this faction of these these fallen from the House of Light, they're called. And, like, you learn about their history and backstory and their interactions with the Guardians, you know, the humans who have been running around terrorizing and destroying countless members of alien civilizations for fun yep. and profit. Yep, we're the good guys. And yeah, right? Yeah, we're the, <laughs> am I the asshole? Are we the yeah, bad I mean, me and Dustin's theory is that we are we're the bad, the bad guys. guys. Yeah, we the baddies? Like we talked about it the other day. It's like, we're... We're invading alien planets, destroying them. <laughs> yep. It's like, oh man, we're the bad guys. So, right. Well, but that, but that's what I think made last season so exciting and so enriching was that it felt like it was it was asking a fundamental question that underlies all of the gameplay that they had put together. Right, like there's this game that they created back in the day, and they're like, wouldn't it be cool if humans could like come back to life? all the time and kill aliens and like that's really cool and i think that a lot of the players and a lot of the people who've been making the game have like grown up a bit and ex exposed exposed to life more and yeah. like all of this different stuff um and are like well maybe we should question some of these <laughs> these well, ideas we put together um, and and i know that you know i also walk into destiny and play it just as like I can sit here and acknowledge the the narrative, whatever, and still go in and be like, "Well, game told me got to kill a hundred with a grenade launcher, so <laughs> bye bye." I'm gonna uh, go decimate some alien. Well, yeah, and what? Well, what's that? What's that Doom one thing? Murder. Well, you remember like when? So like what Joshua you're saying is like when Beyond Light first came out. You remember all those like trailers when we're basically talking to who's now the crow, right? Mm -hmm. Where he just he kept having that line, right? Like that the line between light and dark is so very thin. Right. Like it's, yep. they almost started it from that moment on where it's like, you, you know, like they're almost kind of hinting at like it, it's not always what you've, you know, assumed it to be or what it's always been presented as. Like you're going to kind of start seeing this blurring of the lines of like we're not all really good, not all really bad. Right. Absolutely. Something like that was it, it didn't need to be there when the game first launched. But like I think narratively it was probably at its weakest point. So the fact that they're kind of writing that ship over yeah. the course of these month, many well, months is cool so the last season um i you know, watched the my name is by video to catch up on the, the story of the last season and it was pretty powerful um mm -hmm. in one aspect because there is a group of fallen who are on our side you know right the fall the fallen house of light or whatever yeah yeah the house of light mm -hmm. and house of light. they were brought they were allowed into the city now to live and they talk about how they went through that and then, then they talked about how State 14 was their um, ambassador, kind of, you know, and would okay. protect them. But, like, they only know State 14 as a murderer, a monster, 
who would okay. try to kill them all the time. But th- th- now he's supposed to protect them. So like the the whole house of light that. are scared of this guy, but they're so, the protector. As a player who is now jumping in, what season fifteen is what this is on right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Is there a way in game other than like the lore tab for <laughs> me to find all this out? <laughs> You know, the Lord said you can, but that, then you have to okay, un- that but you have, it all. Okay, but you have, you. But you have, but you have to unlock it. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's the oh. thing is that you have to unlock it to read about it. Every Destiny Two you know? recommendation comes with giant caveats. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd expect nothing less in this day and age. Videos for you to watch, man. Right. The, yeah, the only thing you need to know about the season of the Lost is that Queen Bay is back. <laughs> she is. Okay. Marasov is back, and. You can go to I her throne room and hang out if you want to. It's it's pretty cool. The helmet stayed on. Okay. Uh, That's I, evil. You know, <laughs> you know, it's actually um, so it's funny because I, I always say that it's like every time I try to rec- recommend Destiny, I spend just as much time apologizing for Destiny. <laughs> Yeah. I'm just like, okay, you should play it. It's really great. But then there's this thing, and then there's this other thing, and you're not going to have any idea how to make your character stronger. And also, the game wants you to play in groups of three, so mm-hmm. you can only have two friends. Yeah. Uh, but it, like, it, just a bunch of stuff. But I do think that um, they've got the better things... with that stuff, though. They've, they've introduced more like six player just matchmaking modes, but you can bring more people with, and yep. like, they usually have on one for season. Yeah. And I think they're actually doing, I think they're doing two this season. There might be, I, I, I can't remember. I mm-hmm. thought they said they were doing an additional six player. Well, there's a Shattered Realm event. thing, but I don't know if that's, I think that's just three players. So, so far, yeah, I was going to say Shattered Realm's just a, a normal three person fire team event. Um, but I, I, I think the, one of the things that, I, oh, hell. <laughs> nope. You apologize again. It's gone. It's gone. I don't know. Um. <laughs> I'm not even gonna try. I'm, I, I'm not even gonna fill air to try and find whatever my point Where was. Where that thought was, it was not. A, it was not that important. It was so not that important. what you're saying is, I need to go watch a bunch of YouTube content. Basically, essentially. Okay, if you, that's if fine. If you care about the yeah, if if you care about the story, I mean, shit. Even as somebody who played through the last season, I think that's my problem with this season is that last season felt like a story that even if you didn't have a lot of understanding of what was taking place in destiny, it still felt relevant and it still felt like gripping and, and engaging this season's narrative. I'm really not into. And I think it's because it revolves around that this character, Marasov that Chris just brought up and Mm -hmm. Aldrin Sov, uh, Mara's brother, who's now known as Crow, uh, who was like, brought back to life as a as a guardian but also lost his memory in the process because well um and i think i explained it yeah, i think i explained ahead. it to, to your friend yeah Carol that's what mm-hmm. yes the other day and it was like you got this guy who's who killed cade the hunter vanguard and we the, like and leader we, of one of the factions of the game yeah, yeah and like the scorn led the scorn and um and we and petra killed him i think it was actually petra in the lower that killed him. Um, I like to think it was me though. And I, and, um, but he got resurrected and it was a cutscene from like when forsaken fierce came out, a cutscene that a ghost resurrected him. And then like, he they did nothing with him, but there was some like lore tabs in the scenes, but basically like he was trying to find his way to the city, but any person he met with looked at him with disgust and hate. And he had no idea why he's, he has no idea. He's a newborn baby, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, 
you know, he comes into this world, you know, being hated right away, but still perseveres through it and ends up being, becoming an ally, you know, and gaining the trust uh, of Zavala and. I've already uninstalled. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was going to say. It's a good run. run. Well, Adam, I was going to say, there's, there's a couple different ways you could probably catch up on, on what you've missed. All of those, remember all those cutscenes that you skipped <laughs> after installing the game? No, I barely remember anything right. anymore. Or Chris, we'll just just reenact <laughs> Destiny oh, One, like, and Chris right. will just I'll try to help you along the way. <laughs> I'm getting caught up on it myself. Like me and Dustin did that uh, that get the dead man's Tail. whatever it's called. Um, and then I read, I read, a, I watched a video on that, the backstory of that ship and why that took place, and it was really interesting, you know, yeah. and. Sorry. No, I was I was just saying like if you like it's what Josh said it's like you know it's it's apologizing to you guys for not you know the story's not present, but at the same time it's just like Dark Souls and stuff. I don't know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, I, <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing and why. There's I this disgusting fire. thing in front of me. I must swing my sword at it. Yeah, like, <laughs> I must dodge, dip, dive, duck, and dodge this monster. Yeah, I mean, uh, for me. I think part of the reason, even though I focus really heavily on like narrative and story in games, the reason I kind of forgive Destiny for its some flaws, some faults, um, is because I, I think honestly the lion's share of why I enjoy that game is its mechanics. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I don't think there's better gunplay out there. Agreed. Um, I I just it, it is mm. incredibly satisfying the way that they put those things together. Um, the missions uh, when you're running with a group of you know two other people when you're doing a, a full fire team of three, mm-hmm. um, there's some really fun coordination and ways that they have you kind of like explore the worlds that they've put together. It's an absolutely gorgeous game. Um, you can actually turn the HUD off, kind of. Uh, it's it's like a game option where you can turn the HUD off entirely, except mm-hmm. unfortunately, they don't design the game for you to be able to really effectively play it with the HUD off. <laughs> so you basically just turn it off so that every so often you can be like, wow, this game is insanely pretty. I, I don't think, I think oh. people often underestimate how much of a visual effect having the like ammo and all this stuff display on screen takes away from the, the beauty of a game. But... Um, but there is also good narrative and good characters um, yeah. that run alongside that. I think if it was just mechanics, I'd still probably be like, oh, well, you know, and I like roguelikes. And I play a lot of those, mm-hmm. um, except for Hades yet, um, which I know I should continue apologizing for. But um, it's accepted. Sorry. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think Destiny's got a, a lot going for it. And I've I've enjoyed the way that it has made it. It's created a space to be able to play with other people who are not like super hardcore getting into um, like really precise MMOs, but mm-hmm. you know it's a it's a space to hang out with friends. You know it has it has that you know like most MMOs because like Destiny is an MMO really it, mm-hmm. you know obviously, and unlike most MMOs, you know you have a hard time being a casual player on a lot of MMOs. You know Destiny allows you to do end game content. If you want to, um, like they introduced the guy, the the guided games or the whatever it's called, yeah, you know the, that allows you to run with people that know what they're doing and will shipper you through these games, you know these these raids and stuff if you want. 
Um, but it's also like to your point, Josh. It has some of the best shooting mechanics in any <laughs> first-person shooter I've ever played, whether it's a it controller is. or with a keyboard, like keyboard and mouse. It's so great, and it feels so good when you get those headshots mm-hmm. and I, everything. You know. After I installed it, I ran around for like two minutes, and I was dropped into a giant purple looking area <laughs> that was very pretty and i'm and because it's on pc there's got to be a mod out there that you can just take away the hud completely right I so would so you can't the thing is like you don't need a mod you can do it in game yeah it's in the and take okay away the i just didn't know if like it was completely off or if it was like opaque and so like no. it was just slightly there okay so you can in the in the game menu you can take the hud completely off the problem is that the game isn't designed for you to play with the HUD off. So when you have like objectives that are supposed to show up, like, gotcha. oh, go to this point on the map, you won't know where to go. If it gives you a context clue that's text and says like, speak to this person or whatever, you'll have no idea. If there's an indicator that's supposed to show up when you like stand next to an object so that you oh. can interact with it. Also you, goes away. Okay. No clue. So it removes and, like, all of it. It removes all all yep. uh, okay. and that's yeah. that is the the problem yeah, that would be i an want issue. them to say i want them to take away my ammo display and my uh my super meter and my health bar and like that kind of stuff and just pop up when there's something i'm supposed to interact with or a place yeah. I, yeah. Go. I would i would love to have like a second screen sort of thing like if i still had one of my old logitech keyboard that had the screen on it like tell oh, me my ammo there Sure. You know, if I want to. Um, oh. And I think one of the things missing, and I know you had said this the other day, Josh, but like a true photo mode would be fantastic mm-hmm. in Destiny. Um, you know, just like the selfie emote that we're going to get you one day, Josh. We, I promise. <laughs> I'm going wa- to keep an eye out for this thing for you. Um, but that, like, that's just fun. Like being able to be like, all right, selfie, like get a group together. Like I, last year, um, or no, it was two years ago at this point, like I was playing Destiny. Uh, with my friend Jory, and we were like doing the the strike. We had trains and stuff, and she kept getting ran over by the trains and, yep. and such. And you know, by the end of the night, like I did the selfie mode, and you know, we took a picture with Ikora. That's still my phone background you know, to this day, <laughs> you know, because it was just so fun and like, you know, we had to maneuver, you know, the selfie mm-hmm. mode around to be able to take that picture even. But yeah. It's a beautiful game, you know. Um, I have the same thoughts about Red Dead Redemption 2, though. There's just some moments when you're just oh. running around that game and you look, it's just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, this I mean, is gorgeous. I'm even, to, like, I'm playing it on a, a PS4 Pro and then on a 1080p monitor. And, like, so it's not nearly doing what it could, but mm. it still looked really good. <laughs> the area in that game right now is, like, my favorite yep. area. It's so beautiful. Also, speaking of really nice looking games, I started Miles Morales last night, and oh. holy crap! <laughs> Welcome. That game is pretty. Pretty sounds amazing. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Like I said, when you get in the fights in that game and that soundtrack pops off, like you just oh. you're just in it, man. You're just mm. I just keep throwing the waves of people at me. I just want to keep doing this. <laughs> Infinite enemies. Yes. That's fine. Yeah, the game is is wild. What uh, what made you decide to to go to that one in the stack right now, Adam? So, I had been playing um, Horizon Zero Dawn like just for myself, 
And I got to a point in that game where the mechanics and control controls frustrated me enough where I was just like, I don't want to play this right now. Sure. Because you can't customize the controls. And... Right? You can't make it you, how you want it to be. Really? That, and like, it's it's clunky. On um, the PC, you can. But on the, on the console, you cannot change it. Yeah, you cannot. And oh, wow. They, the, some of the buttons they have mapped to, like... What would normally be in pretty much every other game would be circle is on square, and yeah. so my I, I like I've gotten my head wrapped around what it needs to be, but just like sometimes the movement in combat, like it, it's not fluid. Like I feel like it should be for a game that came out when it did, um, and I'm at a low point in the narrative, so like I have to go through some more stuff in order for everything to pick back up again. And the story is interesting. But I haven't. I didn't touch it for like three weeks, and last night I was wanting to play something single player, and I was like, I had gotten Miles Morales when it was on sale. I don't know how long ago, and I know it's not a long game, and I I know it's going to be good, and I'm going to like it. So that's why I landed on that. Nice. And uh, we'll probably platinum it, and that shouldn't take too long. No, it's as somebody who doesn't platinum uh, games often. I, I did platinum that one partly because I love it, but it also is a, a reasonable amount of time. It's like I don't know. Yeah, and like I did the same thing with the the twenty eighteen Spider Man. Like I platinumed it. It's one of the fastest games I've ever platinum, other than Jedi Fallen Order. Um, I did it within a week or something like that. Well, and, I, in in that different, like the, the Spider Man uh, twenty eighteen trophies were like crazy easy as well though like you not saying one playthrough almost yeah like not not saying that like you couldn't platinum most games you know but like this was like super super achievable yeah i feel like it was like akin to control right like when you when you look at what the the trophies are to platinum it it's like oh this is very 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 feasible oh control such a good control was great i saw it I still need to play Control. I couldn't... Man, that was such the most underrated game I've ever played, I think. I haven't played it either, so don't feel bad. (laughs) It was wild. They they dropped it on PS5, too. I picked it up on on PS5. Yeah, I I also did, and it's... Like... It'll be there when I'm ready. The amount of not hype that got, you know, surrounding, like, when it came out, like, blows my mind after playing it. Like, this... Yeah, I thought I thought the game was like revolutionary mm. <laughs> in ways. Like the the what stuff that they did in that game compared to um, other games of its style and how they did the story and you know the, the quote unquote lore. But yeah, it feels Wild. like it's. I I feel like it's been kind of a slow burn for them. Like because it, it, I agree when it when it dropped, and I think even now it still doesn't feel like it is like super like super lauded. But I've literally not heard anybody who played the game be like, eh, it was okay. No, yeah, like, same. so, like, us and, you know, I had, remember I had played it, and then our our mutual friend Ben played it, and he was, like, the only one in our group that played it, and I was, like, hype, you know? And then I talked to Dustin, and, and, you know, I was like, you should stream it, man. I think you would really enjoy it. And um, just to throw it out there, I'm, I, as far as game recommendations go, I'm killing it for Dustin. Yeah, he okay, is. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> He's like, you should play this next. I'm like, all right, cool. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, this is yeah, I, was like, I, I was like, you should play Wolfenstein next. I think that's a good, you know, segue into whatever next world, open world game you're going to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, having a, you're having a ball. Minus the technical issues that we solved, you've had a ball. Yeah. Now that now that we've <laughs> corrected everything, it's it's hella fun. Um, 
But yeah, like anybody that I have personally talked to that has played it is just spoke so highly of it. Jeff, our friend Jeff, loved it as well, and he's somebody who like plays a video game every once a year, I think, at this point. Um, he's got to work on his four hundred one k. He's got to rake. He's got to do yard work or something. Some adult crap. Sometimes you have to. Um, but so, it is like it really is like it's highly rated and, and everything. But like the amount of people that have played it. You know that I, I that I feel have played it. Or it's such a low number. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it sounds like it's just done so many interesting things. And I think the other thing that makes me recognize how good it is is that I've had nobody tell me anything about the plot, but not I, in yeah, a way. Same. But like not in a way that feels like oh, it's not important. It's just like no, it's actually very important. And I recognize that I will not spoil this for you. No. Because I need you to find out what this is like firsthand. The shock value of it? I can't. Like, that would be you. <laughs> like, why? The, the scene, the reactions when Dustin was playing and, like, waiting for it was, like, awesome. <laughs> like, I mean, as some... knowing what was coming up, and he was just like, what? Also, also, I will say, as somebody who has played and beat the game, it would be hard to describe to you yes. what that game is. <laughs> It's you just have to experience it. Uh, it's a great game. Uh, have you seen The Shining? Uh, you know, like Maybe it's trying to explain. Plus. It's like trying to explain The Shining you know, to somebody. Um, well, it's, there's Arthur and. Are you saying Scatman Crothers is in control? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. You kill him with an axe too, so it's Ooh, fucked up. What? So what have you been playing lately, Josh? Oh goodness. Um, Significant amount. Of- Fortnite last night and surprised you. <laughs> well, it's been a, a significant amount of Destiny too. Um, I also played a couple of games um, that were kind of unexpected. One of them was called The Veil, uh, the the V A L E okay. Veil, um, mm-hmm. and it is a all audio game. Um, it is a hmm. technically it's it's like a a an action RPG. Um, but it is pl- it is designed so that you could be um, completely blind and still be able to play through the game. So um, wow. you're playing as uh, this this woman Alex, who's the uh, princess of a, a kingdom, but is is born blind, um, and she's essentially like her brother, her. Um, twin brother is like now the king she's been sent to some sort of like distant space to be like the the duchess or whatever there's an attack um she's like on her way to the to the castle and gets uh sidelined and it's you know her journey of trying to to find her way back um with this guy that she encounters called shepherd who helps uh sort of guide her along the way and the cool thing appropriately I, i think the cool thing about it is that or one of the cool things about it is that it doesn't feel like now I'm, I'm going to speak a little bit out of pocket here because my, I, I don't have the sort of like um, the, the vision impairments or whatnot that, that might make me a little right. bit more mm-hmm. sensitive to this conversation. But right. I really felt like as I was playing through the games, like narrative and design is not about like, well, you're blind, but you can do anything a normal like it. It wasn't so. <laughs> it, it wasn't so like mired in doing the sort of one hundred and one level. This is a game that proves to people with sight that blind people are people. Like it, Alex as a character <laughs> is like 
fully, you know, fully rounded as like a, a sort of like, um, not intimidating, but like a strong, confident, uh, woman. She's able to get along okay. on her own, uh, for mm-hmm. the most part her, she's been trained how to fight. And so in combat, um, it's actual real time combat where, um, you basically have three attack zones, uh, front, left, and right. And you have to listen to where an enemy is coming from and then move the, um, move the stick either, or uh, you can also play the keyboard and mouse. Um, but you basically have to press like either front, left, or right to parry sure. or attack your foes. And so, um, eventually you have both a sword and a shield. So you have to listen to whether or not it's going to be like a fast attack or a slow attack and then determine whether or not you want to parry or like, try and quickly counter an attack strike you get some magic unlocks um so yeah so like as you're playing through the game like there are places where the combat i played on normal and the combat feels engaging and i'm like sitting there closing my eyes trying to focus on where these sound cues yeah are coming from. <laughs> uh, so that was a, that was really cool um and i i enjoyed playing through it i think the narrative is is okay or i should say i think the story is is okay it's not anything super revolutionary but engaging um it is what it needs yeah, to be yeah, yeah. Okay. um and I, I oh go ahead oh no i was just gonna say i i remember either um reading something or seeing a presentation on it a while ago and it's been on my radar i didn't realize it had already come mm-hmm. out um but he, that's yeah like that seems like a super cool concept incredibly to, cool uh, yeah to have I mean, as an experience and even just why i just quickly just like looked at a gameplay video of it and it's there's nothing yep. right you know there's audio of course but you just see like like just like dots and or something floating floating around you know so yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I just tried. I, I quickly looked up because somebody who I, you know, I, I follow on Twitter and and, and Adam and Boykin, you might know who it is. Steve Saylor. Um, yes. You know he does. He he frequents. Can I play that? He writes articles mm-hmm. for them, and I was just seeing like if he had played it yet and what his thoughts were, but um, I didn't see anything. But on the can I play that? They talk highly about this and and hope that this is not the future for. Um, games like this or for people that have those um, disabilities disabilities yeah Yeah. i i think that was maybe the part that was the coolest about it is that it feels like um it it is not trying to just establish itself as a use case right this isn't like a tech demo it's a a full like yeah it's like a full six hour game with like menus to navigate and weapons to upgrade and you know and side quests and branching narrative um so it's a it it is a game but it also does feel like it's the kind of game where somebody will play it and say oh hell i didn't know games could be made like this i kind of want to do this too like there are spaces where you're walking around in two-dimensional space like you're you're walking around in a uh in like a town when it's the first part of the day and you can hear this person over here is like selling fish and this person and you can hear music coming from the from the tavern and you can hear this other person who's like crying out for help or whatever and you have to move around using you know just like you would in any 
standard like sighted video game but you just have to use the audio cues to try and walk closer to whatever the thing is that you'll eventually interact with and so it really does feel like it feels like a more comprehensive experience than if somebody had told me like hey do you want to play this game that's designed for blind people right like we there <laughs> there's so frequently this assumption that because yeah. a game is developed with a certain um with a certain like uh disabled community in mind yeah that it is mm -hmm. not a game or it won't be a full game and i appreciate that the veil kind of sets sets this gauntlet that says like no like you don't have to use uh designing for accessibility as an excuse for your mediocrity you can still make a a fully well, fledged experience and enjoy yeah enjoyable in, in, in that in that same in that same vein like i know there was a huge like talk about this on twitter last month about easy mode in yep. games you know and like people were like no if you can't play an easy mode you shouldn't be able to play a game like dude like <laughs> what right why i, I mean I'll, I'll flat out tell you right now there's been quite a few games that i've streamed live on our channel in easy mode just because i just want to experience the game explorer mode <laughs> yeah it was uncharted all four of them i think it was all in easy mode all every single one it was like because i wanted to i just wanted to experience the game and i wanted people to experience me experiencing the game i don't like i don't want you to watch me for 45 minutes trying to pass a one level right. of something like i yeah I've, there's games that i've played that are incredibly difficult and like that's the aspect of the game that's enjoyable but like just because somebody wants to play something on easy mode like not everybody has all afternoon to just play a video game every single night after work like sometimes you just want to enjoy the game mm -hmm. yeah don't get me wrong like going through recently bloodborne and Dark Souls Three, like, there's no easy mode, no, no difficulty setting. It's it is what yeah, it is. The game's the game, and I, you know, and I and I understand some people that that's what they crave and they like that challenge. And I'll, I'll go for it. I'm all for that. I wouldn't deny you, you that same way. I wouldn't want to deny anybody an easy mode or a store a story mode, quote unquote. Like I just did that with um, The Last of Us recently. I just you know I, I did put on like the hardest difficulty, but I did, gave myself like infinite ammo and all this stuff. Yeah. Like, eh. <laughs> I want to challenge, but I also don't want to like that much. Of a <laughs> right. Um, you know, but like I, I wish people, I wish they did have kind of easier modes in those games because I loved going through Bloodborne and and finally connecting with Dark Souls Three. Um, you know, because I, they are rewarding when you do finally, you know, grasp that and 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 beat that boss that you kept kicking your ass. You mm -hmm. know, but I know that's for me. Right. And others, and some others. That's not for everybody, but I feel that that's why they should have those modes, you know, for these type of games, you know, because I would love, you know, more people to be able to play that and be, you know, and, and experience it and and everything. So, um, what I was going to ask though is, so with the veil, do you, do you feel that gave you a better understanding of what it's like to put your, you know. Be, put yourself in that those shoes of somebody who's visually impaired do you feel like that gave you that atmosphere and understanding i i feel like it would be hard for me to say that because there are places where um one because like i could i i could choose to open my eyes whenever i wanted right and like the when uh, you just described what the video of gameplay looks like, like imagine that you are looking at a um, like just like a starry night sky, 
like or or you know just like a a veil of of colored dots you know um mm-hmm. that's that's the whole, that's all the visuals the game has to offer but even so those visuals do interact with what's happening in the game so like if i am in one of those 2d spaces that i was talking about and i'm having trouble kind of narrate like figuring out where i am i could watch mm-hmm. that star field respond to like when you move forward it's like watching it you know like watching the wind move or something like that so i had a a bearing with which to um to to be like oh okay well i guess i am moving this way or when you start to walk up against like what is essentially like a wall at the edge of space um the star field stops so i was still able to use sight to my advantage um there are also things that like you might not notice you know if you if you never had the ability to see it you wouldn't notice but there are places where like when it was like cold and rainy and it's supposed to be more depressing the star field would change from yellow to like blue or the stars instead of floating like stars they would fall like rain and like there are still experiences that were part of my life with that game that did involve my sight even though they weren't required um and okay. and so i think there is is maybe where i would have some of the the rub is that like it's still for me to experience that game it gave me perhaps a stronger sense of what it might be like as as a blind or a person with vision impairments um to play a game right like i could i could figure out some of the places where it feels like oh this was this was a thing that you did as a game designer to try and advocate for or or to try and make this more accessible for somebody who doesn't have sight but i don't know that it was a great i i don't know that i could use that as a sort of like and this is what it's like to not have sight because there was there there was no point at which i sort of like I always had the opportunity to to like take off the headset, right? It's kind of this. I feel I, like we will never truly know. Yeah, right. It's, yeah. it's, right. it's kind of like when people try to create, um, like empathy games of, uh, you know, this is what it's like to be black in this place or whatever, right? There is at sure. least a space there that you're going through a sort of purposeful immersion to experience this thing right so we've put you in the passenger seat of this car that's being pulled over by the police because the goal is for you to experience what it's like to be in this position whereas Mm -hmm. the veil and i think it's honestly to its credit but also you know to whatever is that like it doesn't feel like a game that's designed um as like an empathy game it's it's just a, a game that like this is the way that it interacts just like you might listen to an audiobook instead of reading a, a book on print um but it also gives you space to then understand because again like you should underscore that like alex is blind is is blind from like from birth and there are places where they have these discussions about like well you know these are the ways that people thought i wouldn't be able to do a thing because i didn't have sight or you know those kinds of things there are spaces there but i i feel like the game is not made as as advocacy work and so i i think there are some there are some places where again it does give me a little bit of sorry long answer short question um it does give me a little (laughs) bit of insight but um i i would i would probably hesitate to say that like yeah now i 
better understand what it would be like to be um, blind or have these vision impairments as a as a gamer. But like ultimately, that's just how they wanted you to experience the game, right? Like, and you can, to your point, like it sounds like you can do it in multiple different ways mm-hmm. if you want to. Like as you're describing that, it kind of reminded me when we were watching Adam stream uh, Hellblade. True. Right. Yep. Like yeah. it, it kind of kind of get that feeling, right? Like where like the voices that you hear in that game, like it, almost to your point, it's not like oh, feel bad for these people who actually do have like schizophrenia and can hear these voices. It's all just it's just an element to the game that you're also getting to experience while playing the game. Yep. Like it sounds. It, I will advocate for Hellblade always after playing through it, but like you need to play that with headphones, and I get the same kind of vibe from uh, the, veil the veil too. Yeah. Yeah, I do feel like it. Um, to to Chris's point, like I it, I I think that is what I appreciate about it is feeling like it. If I'm and I guess to get back in my lane a bit, like sometimes it's not like I don't want to sit here and be like, yeah, let me uh, give you the breakdown of this is what it's like to be black and these are the ways that I suffer and these are the ways that people look like me <laughs> suffer, right? Like sometimes it's right. just about like. If I can have you along for this experience, which doesn't have to be a this is all about black suffering experience, right? Like sometimes mm. it's fantastic to be able to just be like, these are ways that black people thrive or experience life around other black people and enjoy things or whatever. Yeah. And there also mm-hmm. happen to be some things in there sometimes that suck because of the society we live in, right? And if you yep. can right. see those things while you're along for the rest of the experience, cool and i think maybe i'm yep i think that that actually contextualizes a lot of it is that it's like this is just it's an experience where you get you get to be there and you get to see like the cool parts where alex is like fighting off freaking you know fighting off these demon wolves with fire and all this different stuff and she also gets to be this like witty confident person walking around town and and talking to people but also has some things where the the sight thing comes up and is a little bit more relevant but then yeah but then the sight the sight her 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 blindness doesn't define her clearly you know she she goes above that she's still her own person i think that's you know what you're saying you know this the game isn't isn't focusing on that aspect of her it's an element of the game but really, you're trying to complete the you know your your quests, your side quests, you know things like that, and you know it. I haven't played it obviously, but it, from what it sounds like, that that is just one part of the game, right? But it's not the whole thing. You're it, there's so much more, you know, that you're going through that you kind of might even forget that she's blind mm. because you're you're just involved in the game. Like so, essentially, like being blind is not does not only define this character yes right. and, and and i would say like they it's weird it's a it's a small it's, it's a small thing but it, it's kind of the point that i it, as we're talking about this i'm recognizing it, it's actually i'm really glad we're having this talk because I'm, I'm realizing <laughs> these things that are are really ex- exciting is that like the the catch is that like you'll never forget that alex is blind like it is a fundamental part of not just who she is but also like the way that you engage with that space right and i think mm-hmm. and it's kind of similar to again like my goal is not for people to say like 
I, I once had had somebody tell me like, well, I, the thing is, I don't want to, you know, look at you as like a, a black journalist. I just, you know, think of you as just a journalist. And and <laughs> I understand the I understand the idea behind like we want to create we want to recognize people's humanity we want to recognize that like the concept of race is a construct that was put together by people who had some pretty (laughs) damaging thoughts about marginalized (laughs) Mm -hmm. people from like hundreds of years Mm -hmm. ago right and we want to recognize that those things are true but simultaneously like even though it's an invented construct like all the things that we engage with on a regular basis are invented constructs and that still makes them real. And so my goal isn't for somebody to think of me as like just a journalist. It's for somebody to recognize that I am a black journalist and not make these like assumptions or, or prejudgments or, uh, you know, whatever, because they're defining my experience as being black or as being a journalist as their preconception of what those things mean. And like, that's the cool thing about the veil is that like you don't forget that alex is blind it's a fundamental part of the experience but it doesn't create the it doesn't let you have the space where you get to say oh well alex is blind and so we have to make sure that somebody's holding her hand all the time there are times where like it is like i don't know how to find my way out of here and shepherd like the the your sort of companion characters like take my hand we have to get out of here because people are chasing us and like you still have to like defend arrows from like shooting you're like blocking them with your shield or whatever right (laughs) so it's it it's kind of a a cool piece of nuance that it it's neat that games can get to this space where we can say like yeah like this this is still part of who i am it's just there's other stuff too and i want you to be there for all of it uh, well, like to like Dustin's point, this it's part of who I am, but this is not what defines mm-hmm. me, you know. And that's that's what I'm I'm interested. In. That's why this the game I, is very appealing. I would say, to me in that based point. on our conversation, I will be checking. Yes. Out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I will. I, I will. I will put my my game critic thing back on, which is that like for folks who are looking for a like super uh you know super like gritty rpg there are some places where it steps up a little bit and then you can't really tell so like you'll have multiple level classes of weapons and i'm like because i i don't know how they compare from like i can't switch from encounter to encounter or whatever i don't necessarily know when i like bought a better sword and it's helpful because there are no numbers popping up for me to see right that like oh (laughs) right now i did more damage um so there are some places where it may feel um like not all the all the boxes are checked but i do think that again from a from a narrative perspective from a design perspective um and honestly like there are still some some really cool just mechanics combat whatever it's a it's a neat game i'm saying like just um it even with faults i would i would expect some but like there's enough boxes checked there for me to be like yeah I, this sounds like something that would be up my alley. agreed um that i looked it up because uh, i was interested it was partially developed and fully published by falling squirrel inc so yes go check them out yes. i guess see what else they've shout, done shout out absolutely <laughs> very cool we this talk. <laughs> me too i'd never heard i'd never heard that game before so yeah like you you I, no pun intended. Opened my eyes on that game. So. <laughs> wow! <laughs> no, I, I had to do it. I'm sorry. All the way there. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> we were so close, team. <laughs> we were so close. 
almost had it. <laughs> one episode, Dustin. Come on. I'm so sorry. It was like, I, I feel like you guys could hear me pause. I was like, it's right yeah, there. Yeah, no. I have to say it. <laughs> um, well, I can think of no better segue to uh, wrapping up this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I mean, I do want to say these are these are reasons I I love to have Josh in conversations and on our podcast because the level of conversation we have every time just we three connect idiots <laughs> <laughs> every time we connect the interactions and, and discussions are so thought provoking and meaningful man so thank you for the impromptu visit you know, today. yeah thank yeah. you so much for the invite like every time every time i talk with you guys it's it's so refreshing um, it's always good conversation. Yeah. So it's uh, it's it's good to spend the time together. It'll be good to see you at the Cosmodrome and all the other various mm. destiny locations you're now Insane. being roped into. Mm. Um, there's there's so much on my on that screen. I love it. There's a lot. Cool. I'm not even I'm not even jealous anymore. I'm just I'm just happy somehow. <laughs> <laughs> the destiny, you know? It doesn't even matter, gotta, man. Gotta get, uh, gotta get Katie in. Gotta, gotta, yep. Yeah. Misty. She's in. Misty already said she's on board. Oh, see, so. this is a raid group. There you go. This is yeah, a, this right, is right there. Exactly. It's right there. <laughs> yeah. mm. I think. I think it really just took the crossplay thing to a hundred percent. Bring everyone. It together. helps immensely. I don't want to derail that conversation, yep, but it's yes, time. Dustin and yes. I have a child's birthday party to get to, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's so, it is about that time. So we're gonna hit up that uh, Twitter tweet corner. Um, we got two tweets from our lovely boy Jeff allegedly at lovely Jeff, who I we saw play Destiny earlier. Uh, thank you, Jeff. Um, so the first one uh, asks you a podcast: If you could train any animal in the world to be your pet and protector. What would it be and why? Hashtag Tweet Corner. I mean, any animal in the world. Does this include extinct animals? There's some cool. There's some. There's some good choices. <laughs> I think a freaking hippo would be amazing. <laughs> That's a murder machine. That is. They're they're so cute, man. And like, I it, my office would just become its pool. You know, and you know, I would just thought oh, it'd be cool, man. Have a hippo. Sounds like you already have everything lined up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid it would kill magic, though. Yeah, maybe. That'd be. She's a velvet hippo. There you go. Oh yeah, yeah. How's my hippo doing? Hello. <laughs> I think I'd go with a kangaroo, maybe a koala. Wow. Okay. A koala. A kangaroo because those are they're mean, and they obviously kick kick do the kicks real good. Mm-hmm. Um. Koala, if I want to try to give somebody herpes by getting bit oh, by geez. a koala, I guess. Or chlamydia. I don't know. They're little STD machines. Chlamydia. Um, yes, they are. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like just any... I think my initially... I wasn't as creative when, when it popped into my head. I was like, grizzly bear. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's a fair answer. You know, something that's, you know... But as soon as Chris said hippo, I was like, oh, an elephant would be cool. I almost said rhino. But then I wanted a slippery rhino. (laughs) (laughs) See your logic. Slippery rhino. I I do like I do like the idea of a of a panther. I think that'd be pretty dope. Yeah. Uh, Yep. Also, just yeah. How how could I not? I'd be like, yep. Let's go. Shout out, shout out to King man. (laughs) Nice. 
Um, our next question, also from Jeff, uh, asks you a podcast. All memories of video games will be wiped from your head except for three of your choosing. Discuss. Jesus Christ. Um, this is actually why I stopped myself from talking earlier, because um, the memories of Destiny 1 and playing with you guys will forever be Agreed. near and dear to me. Um, you know, uh, Tanking King and, and, and the raid and, and just, you know, get I we played like five five days a week, I'm pretty sure. We did. <laughs> we really did. Fresh out. Um, and to get sentimental here, you know, for a second, we also would not be friends, I think, if it wasn't for Destiny. And to this level, I think we would be friends, of course, but not to this to the level that we are. Um, so I'm That's always fair. grateful for that. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because through Destiny 1 is how I met you, Chris. So mm-hmm. definitely, that, that would definitely be on mine. I feel for me... Like when I was a kid, uh, the first game I remember ever playing was the first Super Mario Brothers. You know the the duck hunt, all that, like the combo. Um, That's also one of mine. That just that, uh, you know. Um, yeah, for me it was Safari Hunt for the Master System. Oh damn! Um, and Alex oh, wow. kid. <laughs> I'm just gonna let you date yourself yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that's it, dude. But I'm not uh, saying Nintendo yeah. is better than Sega. I'm just saying that every time you say the title of many classic Sega games, <laughs> they sound like the things on the discount rack underneath the games yeah. that we wanted on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, I'm not mad. I'm not mad about it, man. That I, was, that's was the thing, game. though. Is it like there, there's that one, Alex Kidd, and like Vector Man? If you if somebody was like oh you would play Vector Man <laughs> oh, I was like mm, okay but then you play it and you're like oh, we, wow that's a, that's why we just fall back on Sonic yeah. that truck typically you know it's, um it's finally nice to have Nintendo <laughs> on my side <laughs> I I but I, I like I love Nintendo though yeah. I just didn't grow I, I, up with it I think it's the same where I just know? I didn't grow up with Sega I was jealous of Sega owners because I bought Aladdin for Super Nintendo same. thinking it would be Aladdin for Sega and I was not correct Yeah oh, because Jack does what Nintendo <laughs> gosh okay uh, Um one of my other memories would probably be uh, watching my dad play Fantasy oh, yeah. Star when I was a kid um, he's sitting here there and watching him play Fantasy Star 3 or Fantasy Star 1 and, and not really knowing what was going on because I was like 6 um, but you know my shout out to my dad for the love of video games you know <laughs> it's his fault um, <laughs> and then the third one I would probably it's it's definitely more recent but it's de- it's definitely sticks in my mind is that the first playthrough of the God of War reboot, just how oh, sure. truly blown away I was because I have I love the original God of War games and it was such a departure and such a cr- crazy great story. Um, well, I, I just remember just being blown away and being like, man, I wish I could forget playing this so I could re-experience mm-hmm. it again. You know, um, and actually probably the same in the same vein. You know, honorable mention probably the same thing about Metal Gear mm-hmm. Solid Five. It's fair. So, that's mine. I think the the I, I, I think I would. Oh gosh, uh, playing Final Fantasy thirteen, um, 
there are a lot of people who are going to play that game on All Game right, Pass whatever. because it just hit Game Pass and they're going to be like, oh, wow, I was mm-hmm. sleeping. I'm going to be like, yeah, you were. Like, <laughs> no, you, you should act. No, no, I'm going to say you should stay away from that. In- incorrect. <laughs> incorrect. And it's okay. And then, and then go oh watch Ready gosh. Player One. Um, yeah. <laughs> <I was laughs> yeah. Where's Ready Player One reference? Um, I would also say that, like, playing Final Fantasy IV back in the day, that was the first game that, like, tipped me off to the idea that games could carry narrative um mm-hmm. and that was that was a huge one for me and then god beating beating final fantasy 7 for the first time i, I haven't done that no <laughs> oh my god gosh. it's okay it's okay <laughs> shh, shh, shh. that's it's what okay. i get for i brought out two okay. don't, don't be crying i asked for i asked for that but he loves 13 because now. it's amazing <laughs> okay. i've I've never played 13 so i, I don't it know it is so incredibly there are multiple people who just started threads because somebody asked me what's so great about 13 and other people jumped in to tweet about it and we're like this is why it's great <laughs> um but yeah i, I think my uh, and then I, I think my third one would actually be uh, Smash Melee back in high school, like Ooh. playing with friends from high school and my buddy Jeremy and like just the amount of just dumb hours uh, spent learning and crafting those skills with a, a group of guys that you know, pre- mm-hmm. predominantly guys, which is also part of the problem, I guess. But um, but yeah, it was just like <laughs> having that that sort of competitive yet uh yep. friendship space uh was really cool mm-hmm. and i think a big part of like what made me want to have spaces of community for games in the future that just reminded me of old halo land parties too yeah or just land, land parties in general i would say bringing the giant freaking just anything yeah. yeah and then having like anywhere from six to eight people in the yeah. same house just the parents are like, I will not six to eight CRT monsters. Dude. I will not get the smell of sweat and Doritos out of this yep. house for days. And and my, our electric bill is going to go up. <laughs> <your phone. laughs> um, I, I think Destiny One and the Mario Duck Hunt were two of mine. Yeah. I think the third one for me is the first Red Dead. Ooh, um, just because I where I was in my. Per, just my personal life at that time and getting to the end of that game and into the epilogue like i didn't see it coming and it like blew my mind mm-hmm. um and it's still one of my just like favorite gaming moments um and, and just everything that happened like it it ripped me apart because <laughs> i wasn't expecting it and it was one of the things like i talked about it to anyone who would listen to me for a long time um and it's one of my favorite narratives from that generation, mm-hmm. possibly ever. Um, but that would be that would be my third. But um, well, thank you for the questions. Yes. Talk Jeff. to your questions. Um, yeah, yeah, those are two really good ones. Um, let's see. No other. There's no last minute ones from Carlos because I think he's getting <laughs> prepared yeah. for his child's birthday party. Um, but, uh, that is going to do it for this. Um, I usually do my sign off bit, but obviously guests get to go first. Uh, where, where can the yeah, listeners find uh, you? Josh? So thank you again, uh, for having me on the show. It's all, it's 
always fantastic. Thank you. Um, <laughs> folks can find me over at uh, Intelligame. We make connections between games in the real world. You can find us at twitch.tv slash Us. I would encourage you to check out this Wednesday's stream at 6 p.m. Pacific. I'm going to have uh, Omar and... Uh, oh, gosh. I'm just I'm, I'm going to have good people here for... <laughs> um, uh, okay. I've got Omar and Will from uh, Black Nerd Problems who are going to be uh, talking about the Black nice. Nerd Problems book that's going to be releasing in just a couple of weeks here. Um, it's a series of essays that I, I absolutely love. I think it's fantastic. And uh, they're going to be on. They'll do some readings. They'll talk about the book and the process, that kind of stuff. Um, and we usually stream Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Pacific. So, yeah, swing on by. Hell yeah, I'll be there. Um, yeah, it's, really it's cool. dope. Uh, Will was on. Will was on a That's few weeks exciting. ago when we did. Uh, when I was like having a, I don't have energy. I'm just going to talk about books I like, um, and gave a reading of one of the essays. And and he's just super dope. People. He's also uh, one of the Intelligame uh, Destiny players. So, uh, yeah. Oh, it's, cool. It, it'll be good. It'll, it'll oh, be real good. Sounds like our our paths will be interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Well, again, thank you for joining us. Um, and then for our stuff, obviously, if you're already listening, thank you. Um, spread the word. Uh, you can count that as my birthday gift from all the <laughs> listeners. It's um, from all of us. Yeah. <laughs> Go tell everybody about our podcast. Um, and then, you know, if you're already listening to us, but we're pretty much on every platform um, from Podbean, Google Plays, podcast app uh, spotify stitcher radio like we're anywhere you find podcasts we're probably there at this point um and then we stream on twitch five nights a week over at twitch.tv slash come get your podcast uh we've mentioned some of the games we've been playing and like we're variety streamers and uh swing on by if you have the time uh tuesday through sunday basically um and yeah that's actually gonna do it for us uh as always we end with a shower thought from reddit or wherever we find it and did you happen to find one i didn't in this research time? one i tried to come up with one myself <laughs> it's okay i i had already i already had one picked out um okay. so i got well, you i'll try <laughs> did shovel knight spend time as a gardener and that's why he's so good with his shovel That's a valid thought. Actually, like, inquiring minds want to know. Play, a shovel knight, like you're just like. Well, that is uh, that is going to do it for episode nine <laughs> of Come Get Your Podcast. Uh, I've been your host, I've been Adam. Dustin. Do we? Do we? Did we lose Chris? And that, well, that was and Chris. that was Chris. <laughs> We lost Chris. Well, I've been Adam. I've been Dustin. I'm not Chris. Oh, oh. yeah. Oh, we <laughs> lost him. <laughs> yeah, we officially lost him. Okay. Uh, again, thank you so much for yeah. swinging by today. And uh, I I need to do some research about shovels and knights. So I'll get back to you on that. Chris, <laughs> stop. And I've been Chris.